0: This episode of Road to Play podcast contains subject matter which may be triggering to some folks. So if you're triggered by, but not limited to, violence, sexual abuse, violence to women, and the death of a child, you may want to sit this one out. Come back in a couple weeks whenever we start up our new game. Nobody will fault you for that. I want my podcast to be safe, so please take this warning, and if any of that is triggering to you, please, I ask, just skip Bluebeard's Bride and move on to the next one. And with that said, into the show. Welcome to Road to Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, Grab some dice, and let's roll to play!
1: What's
0: up everyone and welcome back to Row to Play Podcast. My name is Kent Blue and I am your Game Master. Finally feeling good, so my voice is back, which I'm super happy about because good lord, that was rough trying to do a podcast with a voice that was going out. But anyways, we'll get that aside. This week we are playing Bluebeard's Bride. It is a game published by Magpie Games, and it is written by Whitney Beltron, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson. And if you've been following this podcast and this show on social media, you know this game is one of the most anticipated games that I've been looking forward to since I started. And it finally came out, and I finally got it. And finally, got a chance to run it, which I'm going to talk about at the end of the show. I have a lot of thoughts on the game and how it went and my GMing of it. The players did fantastic. Mitch, Courtney, and Lana, who you'll meet more in the actual game, did fantastic. It was their first role-playing experience, and I think they did just so phenomenal. But anyways, next week, January 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern, you can catch me over on the Victory Condition Gaming channel, which I love being on. I love Doug. He's a great guy. Me, him, and Alan Barr of Gallant Night Games are going to be running down our top five role-playing games of 2017. And based off this intro, and if you follow the show on social media, I think you might just know what number one for me is going to be. But check in. I have no idea what Doug or Alan's going to pick, so it'll be very interesting to see what they have. And you don't know what my five through two are going to be. little interest there. Check it out. January 11th. 9 p.m. Eastern on the Victory Condition Gaming YouTube channel. Not much else to talk about this week. I want to get straight into the game. I know that the Bluebeard's Bride Twitter account is, just coincidentally today when I'm recording this, said they want to hear more about games running by and featuring men as players. And with that, let's get straight into Bluebeard's Bride. <laughs> All right, this week we're playing Bluebeard's Bride, which is a horror game. It's really about feminine horror. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of stuff comes with that. You've heard there's a trigger warning up top. This is your last warning. This is going to deal with adult themes and possibly sexual themes and stuff like that. So if that's something you're not into, just come back in a couple weeks. Bluebeard's Bride is published by Magpie Games, and it was developed by Sarah Richardson, Whitney Beltron, and Marissa Kelly. And I tell you guys, it's really, the the book is so beautiful on this game. It's really one of, one of my favorite books that I own uh, out of all the role-playing games that I have. This week, I've brought on my friends Mitch from The Terror Table. I've mentioned them before. I've got Lana and I've got Courtney. So I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. We will start with Lana.
1: Hi, everyone. My name's Lana. Um, I am just a big podcast fan, big horror fan, love books, love all horror, everything horror. Um, I'm a big fan of the terror table And Ken's podcast So I'm excited to be here Um, And that's pretty much me
2: And you have a blog
1: Yeah, oh yeah And I have a blog that I forgot to mention Thesilenceofalana.wordpress.com Please go check it out (laughs) I review movies And they're really long analysis But it's fine (laughs) Go read it
0: (laughs) It is a very, very good blog I enjoy reading it every time you have a new (laughs) post
1: It's awesome Thanks, Ken Thank you All right,
0: um, let's go. Courtney, let's get you next.
3: Hi, guys, it's Courtney here. Um, Not really much about me. I'm very similar with Lana. Love podcasts, love horror, love to read. I don't have anything on the go right now, but I sometimes co host on the terror table when one of the boys can't make it and make it that much funnier with a woman's perspective.
0: True. I I really do enjoy when you're (laughs) on there. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's awesome. I'm not sure which one of the guys I would get rid of, uh, but I would probably find one.
2: Boozy for sure. And maybe. Boozy, boozy, boozy for sure.
1: Oh, don't do me to Boozy.
0: <laughs> I, love, I love Boozy. He doesn't give me kisses goodnight anymore at the end of episodes, so that makes me sad. So He would definitely be the one to go.
1: Yeah, bye. Yeah.
2: Bye, Boozy. <laughs> All right, Mitch, lay it on us. Hey, I'm Mitch, Um, gigantic horror fan, podcast fan. I'm a podcaster myself with uh, the podcast, The Terror Table, where we review horror movies and talk about horror movies and dick jokes. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be here because we got to know Kent through that podcast. And uh, now we're broadcasting across the world doing a role playing game on a Sunday morning. So that's pretty cool. Uh, But yeah, you can check out The Terror Table on any podcast platform. And uh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at underscore gutterbound. You do more than Tear Table. you got some music projects going on, don't you? Oh, yeah. And I'm in a metal band called Glass Hound. We're progressive metal. We're going to be putting a song or two out in a couple of weeks. So uh, go check that out on Facebook.
0: All right. So now that we've met the people playing this game with me who are all really cool, definitely, definitely go check them out. Um, I'll link to all their stuff in the show notes, as I usually do. Uh, But definitely give them your time. They're all really cool people. And I'm so happy so happy to be recording this game with them and none of you have any role playing experience do you
2: 0% what beginners have were 1000 steps <laughs> behind that
0: i like playing with a lot of new people because it's it's in my experience it's fun kind of hear it well watching or in this case hearing them kind of get into it kind of the game settle on them and they've just all of a sudden they're doing it and, and moving along with it. And so it's a, it's something I really enjoy about playing with new people. So I'm really looking forward to this. I think I have uh, the right people for this game. Cause it's a, it's a dark game and I think you're all okay with that. Very.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I will say real quick that we will be using um, a form of the X card that the way, if any of you, even though I've talked with you previously about this, if any of you, if we <laughs> approach a subject that anybody's uncomfortable with, just, Start typing X in the chat and we'll back out of it and, and approach it in a different way. All right. And with that, uh, Bluebeard's Bride always start with, starts with a retelling of the fairy tale Bluebeard. So I'm going to do that now as best I can. Once upon a time, there was this lord who lived in this lavish house outside of a small England town. He was rich beyond what everyone else was, and people fantasized about what his life must be like. He would would come into the town on occasion, and he was really known for his shocking blue beard. He was well-liked throughout the town, but it was also rumored that he had had many wives before and no one had really seen them. But one day while Bluebeard was hunting, he ran across a house and he met a young woman and he became immediately smitten with her and her beauty and he decided at that moment that he was going to take her as his wife. So for a week he got to know her. He got to know her family and he he, he told the young woman that if she would accept his marriage proposal, he would take care of her family for the rest of their lives. And since the, the girl young girl came from a poor family, she knew that despite what her personal feelings were, that marrying this man could be the best thing for her family to, to survive. So she agreed to take Bluebeard's hand in marriage. So the day of the wedding came, and it was a beautiful wedding. It was a lavish wedding. And the two were wed. And they went back to his lavish estate. And upon arrival, Bluebeard, they walked into the to the house, and he had a note waiting for him. And he read it, and he said, I'm sorry, my bride, but I'm being called away for business. Uh, and he pulled a big uh, key ring out of his pocket. He said, here are the keys to your new home. You can explore any room you want. You can go in and look in any anything in the house except, and he held up one small key. He said, you may not enter this room. He said, that is my personal quarters, and it is off-limits to everyone. And with that, Bluebeard left the left the manor and left the bride to become acquainted with her new home. And so the bride, she did as she, as she was told. She explored. She took the keys, and she went to all the rooms and looked. And a few days passed, and just this one room that she was forbidden just kept entering her mind. And eventually she gave in to that, and she took the small key, and she found the door that had opened, and she unlocked it, and she went in. And when she first went in, she couldn't see much. It was dark in the room. The, the lamps were turned down really low. But eventually her eyes adjusted, and she realized with horror what, she, what was in the room. Blood was congealing on the floor, and above the fireplace were the heads of, of Bluebeard's previous wives. And the bride screamed, and she screamed. And a few moments later, she heard someone behind her, and she turned around, and she saw her new husband. He said, I have forbidden you this room. He said, why? Why did you go against my wishes? And the bride begged Bluebeard. She said she begged. She she said she was sorry, and she apologized profusely. And then this story has many different endings. In some of it, the bride's brother shows up and saves her from Bluebeard. Another version, the bride's mother shows up and saves her from Bluebeard. But there are a few where Bluebeard beheads his new bride. And that is the end of the tale. <clears throat> so next up, we will create our sisters. Um, in this game, everybody plays as the bride. Everyone plays as an aspect of the bride's psyche. So uh, everyone has chosen their psyche. Let's start with Mitch. Who did you, what sister did you choose to play as?
2: I chose the Animus. Okay uh animus you hold on to righteousness with both hands others admire your strength and bow to your will courtney who did you choose to play
3: i chose the witch of course (laughs) um you braid magic from shadow and blood others desire a taste of your
1: sin and pray for your undoing
0: okay and lana
1: i chose the virgin um you see beauty where there is none. Others seek comfort in your warmth and delight in your obedience.
0: Okay, so each character sheet uh, has some questions we're going to go through now. We'll do one at a time, so we'll go back in reverse order. We'll, we'll start with Lana. What do the bride's eyes mm-hmm. look like?
1: I think her eyes are going to be very big and doe-like, um, and they're going to be a really bright green.
0: How do others know you want them... When do they gaze into your eyes?
1: Um, since they're so big and so innocent looking, um, she can just read people for who they are, and that's appealing to them.
0: Okay. Um, next question is, what are you leaving behind from your provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride?
1: Um, I'm leaving behind all the other virgins that I hang out with in the woods. <laughs> My little virgin coven And I'm going to miss them so much Because they were the only people like me Now I'm not sure what I'm getting into With this whole marriage thing I don't know if I'm ready for what comes along After marriage
0: Okay um, What gift did you present Bluebeard before the wedding And why did you choose this gift
1: Um I presented him With Um hmm, <laughs> what did I give of my blue beard? Um, I gave him a frame made out of twigs from my woods, from the woods that I came from. And inside the frame is a picture of him and I um, that I painted. And I chose this because it was the most romantic thing I could think of. And I made it with my hands.
0: Uh, we'll do that. We'll do that last question last. We'll do uh, everybody on that one last. Animus, what are the bride's hands like?
2: Her hands are very youthful, and they uh, they look very good. They're constantly very clean and untarnished. They look like they haven't uh, seen the wretchedness of the world quite yet.
0: Um, uh, What weaknesses do you give away when others hold your hand?
2: It's very soft, which could portray weakness, but uh, this bride is very cerebral and kind of is an introvert and keeps to herself, and uh, she's may not be as innocent and at uh, least as, not as harmful as people may see her as.
0: When you first met, what loving gesture did Bluebeard make that won you over?
2: He introduced himself to her family and showed how much he cares about what her her family thinks of him. And that was enough because family is very important to this bride.
0: And what gift did you present Bluebeard before the wedding? And why did you choose this gift?
2: I gifted him a journal that he could write into about his thoughts about me when he's away. All right, Courtney, let's move on to the witch.
1: Okay.
0: What is the bride's hair like?
3: For the wedding day?
0: Uh, just in general.
3: Oh, just in general. Um, the bride's hair is very long. It's about down to her hips. It's very flowy, very curly. Um, she usually likes to put flowers in the hair from the garden in the woods that she lives in. Um, and it is a light brown color.
0: And how do others like you to wear it?
3: Others like... to be up and out of her face so they can see her eyes those green eyes
0: and what are you leaving behind from your provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride
3: um leaving behind her family in the woods lots of siblings that she's been taking care of her whole life
0: when you first met what loving gesture did Bluebeard make that won you over
3: uh a bouquet of flowers that he handpicked from the gardens in the woods
0: and then what gift did you present Bluebeard before the wedding and why did you choose this gift?
3: Um, I presented him with a amulet on a necklace that uh, contained a bunch of herbs and things uh, to, that were supposed to symbolize like a long life and long, big family.
0: Excellent. Good job, everybody. Good job. Okay. So now we're going to go, we'll go back in reverse order again on this last question. Uh, The witch, I need to start calling you by your sister.
3: Yes, please. Go ahead. Call me witch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Witch, do you trust your generous husband, Bluebeard, or do you hold unkind suspicions, and why?
3: I want to trust him just because I have the idea of a better life in my head, but I also hold suspicions just because of the talk around town of all these wives that he had that no one has seen since and that creeps me out
0: okay um animus do you trust your generous husband bluebeard or do you hold <laughs> on suspicions and why
2: i believe he's misunderstood but i do hold suspicions because i uh that's just who who i am and i'm very i'm a very cautious animus and uh I, I believe that there is a possibility that there is an explanation behind his dis, his missing brides. Okay. I hope to, be, I hope to believe that. And Virgin, do you trust your generous
0: husband? And if not, why?
1: I do trust my generous husband. Um, just because I see the beauty in everybody. It's my innocence in me, probably a little naive, but what can I do? Um, and I don't hold any unkind suspicions, just because since I'm so obedient, I assume his other wives weren't.
0: As different aspects of the bride's psyche, you have formed sisterly bonds. So we're gonna we're gonna go through those. Uh, we'll start with the animus. You hold yourself apart from your sisters, but which one of your sisters is the only one who soothes you? And what's the time they calmed your rage?
2: I would say the virgin soothed soothe me is that correct is am yeah. i am i doing it right okay yep. and uh i think it's because she sees beauty in the world and trusts trusts more than uh my other sisters do and it's uh just a lot easier to remain naive and look at things through a positive lens
0: and then you're envious of which sister and why can you never compare
2: to them uh i'm envious of the witch because of her confidence and it's uh, intimidating
0: okay
2: uh we'll move on to the witch next okay.
0: your sisters are not nearly as important as power but which sister is a useful tool explain how they helped your pursuit of blasphemous craft
3: my pursuit of blasphemous craft
0: yeah, which one? Which one's a useful tool in that? I would think the Animus probably would be.
3: Yeah, Animus for sure. Um, just the strength that the Animus has, I suppose, is helpful in that way. Um, she always helps me find out and get what I want out of the situation. Yeah.
0: And then which sister draws an evil to her and explain how what you have done to keep that evil at bay?
3: I would have to go with the Animus again <laughs> Virgin's not very evil uh, She's very kind and trusting Unlike the Animus um, What have I done to keep That evil at bay I have tried to Use the um, Strength And obedience Of the Virgin Psyche to keep The evil of the Animus at bay I guess
0: Okay yeah that's good Yeah. All right, Virgin. You, hey.
1: trust,
0: you trust your sisters for the most part, but which sister blackens your innocence with every word? Explain how, <laughs> Explain how she became your enemy.
1: Uh, it's definitely going to have to be Animus because she's probably the complete opposite of me. Um, and she likes to play tricks on others. Um, and she's stronger than I am, so she knows how to bend my mind a little bit and make me doubt myself.
0: We're going to do some stats, which is really easy. You'll see on your character sheet under stats, one of them's already filled out. So I just need you to put in the two circles that aren't filled out, put a zero in one and a minus one in the other. Blood is your connection to the her- horrific. Uh, how closely tied are you to the darkest side of human nature? Carnality is your expression of the horrific do you weaponize your sexuality or give in to the base instincts such as violence and resilience is your resistance to the horrific how much horror can you stand before you break all right um now we're going to do the last part of character creation which is choosing a face so you'll choose one one of one of these faces that are on your sheet
1: i think i know i'll keep it a secret okay here.
0: okay uh, which will go next to you if, you? if you've chosen a face, you can either tell or you can keep it to yourself.
3: Um, I'm going to tell you guys. I picked the
0: Reaper. Okay. Yep. All right, so that says when a fellow sister shatters, you feed on a piece of the bride and soul, and you can heal two trauma.
3: Hell yeah.
0: All right, Animus. I'm going to go with the Brute. Okay, so the brute, uh, when you investigate a mysterious object by breaking it, ask a follow-up question about the object. Its essence still remains, but the item can no longer be investigated by any other sister. Um, and now that our sisters are all made, I think we are ready to get into play.
1: Uh,
0: well, let me explain the ring first. Um, so at any time, one, one sister has the ring... The ring is basically who's in control. Uh, the ring to to exit a room, you have to have the ring and you have to make what's known as a ring move, which should be on there should be a sheet dedicated to that or that has that on there. But the sister who has the ring is the one who makes the decisions. Uh, everybody else can certainly suggest and talk amongst yourself and say, hey, do this or I think you should do this, but it is the sister with the ring who makes who makes the or has control over the action of the bride and i think we will start the ring with um we'll start the ring with the witch okay so the wedding has ended and bluebeard has called for his carriage and the carriage arrives and he he lifts you up into it and crawls and climbs into it himself and he sits across from you and he he's kind of lounged out uh, like a like a confident man would be he he's definitely but he's just staring at you. He's not really saying anything. And so you have this silent ride as Bluebeard just stares at the bride the entire way up to his manor. And you reach the manor, and he helps you out, and a servant of his comes and gets your bags and takes them into the house. And you enter the house, and Bluebeard, uh, he, the servant, hands him a note, and he stops and he reads it. And he turns to the bride and he says, I'm sorry, my dear. Our wedding night is going to have to wait. I have business that I must attend to. Uh, I will leave. I will be back in a few days. Uh, and he hands he hands the bride a, a ring of keys and says, "Please explore the house. Uh, go wherever you wish. But this this one key that is my personal quarters, and you are forbidden from being in there." So he leaves. Classic man. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So he leaves. Uh, he goes out the front door, and you are standing there in the foyer, which is a big—it's a big foyer. Uh, it has a big staircase in front of you. There is a room off to the left and a room off to the right. Uh, and the servant is there, standing uh, by your bags, kind of getting them in order. And now you can—you can do whatever you wish. You can speak as the bride to the to the servant or whatever, or you can get to exploring. I so think the, we should
3: get to exploring.
0: Yep, the witch, you are in control. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought
3: we had to discuss. Yeah, no. Let's uh, let's get to exploring. The servant can put away my bags in my room. You can un- unpack me. I don't need to do that.
0: He says, "Yes, madam. Uh, I will take. I will take your bags to your room." Uh, Wonderful. <laughs> so hey. I'd
3: like to go to the left.
0: Okay. I get to choose. So you approach a door on the left uh, and you you start looking through the keys and you think a key that... You find a key that you think is going to fit this door. What does that key look like?
3: It's made of brass it's really long and thin with the key prongs. There's two of them and they're really long as well, um, but yeah, it's a long brass key.
0: Okay. So you slide the key in and it fits. And you turn it, and you hear the, the lock uh, disengage from it. And you open the door, and you enter. And what you see before you is a very... It's lit well, but the lights are all low. The lamps are all turned low. And you see a sitting room. There's a couple of couches. Uh, there's a high-back chair. And there's a couple end tables. And on one of the small end tables, there's a bowl... Uh, that has some items in it. So, what would you like to do? I'd like to check out the items in the bowl. Okay, so that is, you're using a move, which is investigate a mysterious object. So, whenever you Eight. invest investigate a mysterious object from a room, you can ask two of the questions that are listed. Do you have that in front of you? The moves sheet?
3: Uh, the ring moves sheet? Uh, I the
2: have one the moves. The one that just. It's on the opposite end. Again.
3: Oh. Oh, okay.
0: So you can ask two of those questions. So just ask one, we'll do that, and then you can ask the second one.
3: Okay. Uh, whose item is this?
0: Okay, so you look at it, and ins- it's a nice uh, crystal bow, and inside there are these silver balls. The um, They're about, about the size of a palm, and as you pick them up, they're really smooth, and they kind of... Move around in your hand really easily, and as you do that, you you start to hear chatter, uh, light chatter behind you from one of the couches. Um, you can go ahead and ask a second question before we get to, to
3: that. What memories does this item hold?
0: Okay, so yeah, as you're as you're sitting there, you're holding these these, these two silver balls. Uh, you hear this chatter behind you, and you turn around, and on one of the on one of the sitting couches, you see this woman and this man and they're, they're they're talking uh he's running his hand and you see this man has this long blue beard and it, and it is your husband and he's running his hand through this woman's hair and she's beautiful and she's got long brown hair uh she's got a nice full body uh that she's wearing just this this really revealing negligee and she kind of looks at you and motions you towards her
3: alright I guess I want to find out what's going
2: on join the party yeah
1: Ooh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
0: as you walk over the man you recognizes as your, your husband stands up and walks over and sits down in a chair and he just watches and the woman reaches up and begins to rub your cheek and she says he likes to watch. He likes to watch a lot. He brings in other women, and we perform for him. Okay. And she says I, I can I can show you what to do do with those those balls in your hand if you like.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, very great. Let's let's find out. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, the, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey balls?
1: That's But they're
2: the size of a palm. So.
0: <laughs> so if at any point anybody kind of uh, has a reaction, they call it shivering from fear or anything, if anybody has a reaction, let me know, because that's a move that I have to react to. And since
2: I can't see you, I won't know it. So. Okay. But, well, I've had a lot of reactions so far.
0: <laughs> so she, she grabs one of the balls, and she said. They're smooth and she kind of rolls in her hand and then she kind of reaches down between her legs and she's moving the ball up toward towards her her vagina and she starts to put it in. She says this this is great for practice for your wedding night. And then as she's doing that she grabs your head and pulls it in and starts to kiss you. But her mouth her breath as you would expect it to be sweet and, and but it's really rancid. And as she's kissing you, she's pulling you in harder, and and just really she won't let you go from it. She's just kissing your kissing you, and she's her hand is working with that ball between her legs.
1: Damn, you gotta disable her.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think the bad breath is turning me off from finding out what's going on with these balls.
0: Okay, so we'll say we're going to use that as if, you know, you definitely kind of had a reaction to the bad. Yes. So what is is the thing you're most afraid of that's going to happen? In this room? Yes, with, with your current situation.
3: With my current situation, I'm picturing a shining moment where this beautiful woman is going to turn into this gross old lady whose skin is... Um, melting off
0: of her. Okay.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> that's the first thing I pictured.
0: <laughs> so yeah, as as you're kissing her, and this this taste, this from her mouth, is just infecting your mouth and moving in it. Yeah, you you notice you open your eyes for a moment, and, and you see that this woman's face is changing, and it is getting wrinkly, and her hair is beginning to fall out. And, and as you notice, you, you know, you feel her teeth kind of dissolve behind your lips and she, she pulls her hand back up and you can see her hand is just covered in this blackness. And she says, and she's, she backs away from the kiss and says this, and in a really like elderly woman voice says you, now you should try. She tries and she starts to move the ball down, down your leg.
3: Absolutely not. Okay.
0: So you can, um, you can keep the ring and...
3: Can we smack her hand?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's see, you can... That would be a ring move. So, yeah, with the ring move, you can, uh, caress a whore, you can dirty yourself with violence, you can cry out for help, or you can give up the ring to, and pass it to another sister. Hmm. Or you can, I mean, you do have, you can, if you have one of your face, if you, the face you chose, if it kind of factors in in any way.
3: No, it doesn't. Um, well, why don't I pass on the ring? Okay. Give so someone gonna,
0: else a check. You're going to give up the ring, and who do you give it up to? Which do give one it to your sisters.
3: I think that this would just be a fun room for the Virgin
0: okay
1: damn it i <laughs> knew it i'm sorry i totally it. it's the most ritual.
0: so the virgin you have the ring um and yeah the situation is the same this this old elderly woman her hand is covered in this black ichor uh and she has this ball in her hand that is also covered in and she begins to move it down do you feel it kind of move down your stomach and down onto your thigh
1: Oh, God. The worst. I'm not ready for this. Um, um, I kinda, am,
0: she kind of whispers in your ear, she's like, this will make you more prepared for your wedding night.
1: I have to dirty myself with violence. I've got okay. a mutilator. Okay. Yeah, I need to get, get out of here. So and I can can't row, have her to
0: anymore. So you can roll your two dice and add your carnality to it. And then just let me know what you get.
1: Oh my God! How? Okay, I just got two sixes, so that's great. (laughs) Okay, Okay, yeah. So I have to add that to my carnality twelve.
0: All right. So yeah, you you definitely succeed. Um, So what do you do? Explain what you do to how you dirty yourself with violence.
1: Um. Yeah, I'm gonna mutilate her and take the balls and whack her in the head.
0: Okay, so you like
1: she's just gonna get the balls to the face <laughs> until she's dead. All
0: right, so yeah, you 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 reach out, you grab her hand, and you take the ball that's in her hand and the ball that was still in your hand. and You begin to just pummel her about the face. Yeah,
1: and, just like a pool ball, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and you you would expect her to 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 scream out, but as you do that, she seems to um, not really enjoy it. But she's definitely not not um, it's definitely not affecting her in a way you would expect. But she does. She falls to the ground, and you're over top of her, and you're you're just hitting her with these these two balls until she stops moving.
1: Yes. And then I'm running out of the room. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay, Well, you can. if you want, you can just escape the room without proposing the truth, uh, which I'll have to offer you a hard bargain or an ugly choice. Or you can propose a truth about what you think happened in this room. And when you do that, you take a token from the room of either faith, faithfulness or disloyalty.
1: Um, so when I propose a truth about the room, is that like a truth about my husband and this woman and what I think will happen to her in the room?
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. So okay. it, that, um, just whatever, and there's no wrong answer. It's whatever you think. It's however you interpret it.
1: Okay. Well, what I think happened here is that she. I'm gonna propose the truth. So I think that this woman was one of Bluebeard's wives, and it seems like my husband is a way more sexually experienced than I am. Um, and one night they were playing with these silver balls and my husband got out of control and tied this woman up, um, so she couldn't escape and put one of the balls down in her vagina up there and then put one in her mouth and blindfolded her mouth and she swallowed the ball and died. Jawbreaker style. Good Lord. Jawbreaker style.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, and in the room, you see this woman as she's laying on the, on the ground, kind of uh, smiling a little bit. And you see her face, her neck kind of start to bulge and her face turns blue and purple. And then her whole body kind of beginning at her vagina and moving up, just this blackness just washes over her. And she slowly just, sink, just seeps into the ground.
1: Holy shit!
0: <laughs> so, so, what token do you take? And is, is a to- i mean, it sounded like it was a token of disloyalty. It is, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> okay. it's a token of disloyalty, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, what, what, what token do you take with you from the room? I mean, it sounds like you'd probably take one of those balls.
1: Take one of the balls, yeah, <laughs> taking one of the balls.
0: Okay. So yeah, you take you take the you take the ball and you run to the room and then and as you run out you hear the sounds of what starts as passion. You hear a lot of uh pleasure, sensual gr- uh, moaning and grunting that slowly, as you reach the door, slowly changes into choking and then violent thrashing and then silence. And you open the door and you're back in the foyer.
1: Okay. Um. I think could I care for someone
0: um, that I, mean don't, I, can? I don't think there's anybody around to care for you you come out into the foyer and you are all alone
1: yeah he sent so, the servant on his way Yeah. okay so do I just have to take stock of the situation
0: yeah, you can just take stock. You can move on to another room. Uh, just whatever you're feeling. You can discuss anything with your other sisters.
1: Okay, let's move to another room. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you do
0: have you do have the stairs in front of you. There is another room across the hall to the that there's a door across the the foyer there, or there are the stairs.
1: I think I'm gonna go up the stairs. I think it's okay. time to move levels.
0: All right, so as you walk up the stairs, you get you get to the top of the stairs, and it, it is like from the Titanic or something like that. There, You go up, and you're on a landing, and above you there's this picture of Bluebeard, uh, this big painted picture. His, he's got his big blue beard flowing, and he just looks really powerful in this image. And as you look at it in the back, you do kind of see in shadow – the forms of, of women but it's it's painted into the back as if it could be a shadow of trees or of anything but as you look at it the more you think you see just the forms of these women so the stairs break off to the left and to the right
1: okay we're going to go to
0: the right Okay. Um, I do need you to mark sorry I need you to mark a trauma on your sheet if it is oh, okay.
1: there okay,
0: okay. Okay, so you go to the right, and you're on, you go up, and you enter this hallway, and there's many doors, so you can just, you can, there's about three doors on the left, three doors on the right.
1: All right, let's go to the second door on the right.
0: Okay, so you go, uh, you look at the door, and you go through your keys, and you find a key that you think fits the door. What does that key look like?
1: Um, this key is gold. Um, it's a regular size key. It has three prongs, um, and at the bottom of the key is filigree twigs, and um, it looks like oh, the woods.
0: Okay, so you slide the key into the lock, and you turn it, and you hear it click, and you open the you open the door, and you enter the room. And inside, you see it is a dressing room. Uh, there are many fine clothes. There's a there's a mannequin uh, in the corner of the room. Um, and as you I mean, you see there is a sitting chair and there's a mirror in there as well.
1: Mm, I think I'm gonna go to the mirror and investigate it.
0: So you walk up to the mirror, and you're looking in the mirror, and you see yourself. Uh, you see you're still in your wedding dress. Um, if you want, go ahead and explain that wedding dress, and you can all work together to kind of, kind of put this dress together. Hmm.
1: Okay, so it's a floor-length gown. Um, it's well-fitted. Hmm. What kind of sleeves do they have, guys?
2: Does my dress have? I think they're up to her uh, wrists. And okay.
3: mm. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> Maybe not.
2: It's, I see this dress as very a very protective dress. It's one that covers most of her her arms and her insecurities, mm-hmm. but it shows off her nice. back.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's good. <laughs> okay
2: okay, okay so as, there's our dress yeah. and so it's right black here. I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I would love
1: so, that but yeah, <laughs> me too <laughs> I'm a virgin yeah
0: <laughs> so as you're looking at this image of yourself in the mirror um, you hear a sobbing by, from behind you
1: mm, okay I'm definitely going to look behind me
0: Okay. so you turn you see and you see this this woman Uh, she's younger she's probably 18 or 19 and she's sobbing in the corner, just just sitting there crying into into her hands. And she has this this dress on. It's a nice blue dress. Um, and she's just sitting there. And she looks up and sees you. And she stands up. And she she is a, she's actually about the same height as you, and kind of has the same build, but uh, but her breasts are a little bigger and fuller and her legs are a little a little longer and she just has this beautiful face and her dress just fits so perfectly on her and it just highlights everything about her that it highlights all all of her best features in the best way but she's crying
1: okay can I talk to her and ask her what's wrong
0: yeah go for it just say whatever you want to say to her
1: Okay. Um, doing her, and why are you crying?
0: And she, she kind of wipes her eyes, and she says, she's, uh, she says it's just not right. It's just this, this, this dress, this, these shoes, this body. Nothing's, nothing is good enough. It's just not good enough for him.
1: Good enough for who?
0: For, for my husband, he just, he's never, he never seems pleased with, with what I'm, with what I do. I try so hard.
1: Okay, I help you.
0: So, and she just kind of walks past you over to the mirror and she's looking at the mirror and she starts pointing to the mirror, pointing at different spots. She points at her hips, she points at her breasts, she points at at uh, her the sides of her stomach and she says, it's all just hideous, it's all just horrible.
1: It's not it idiomorph
0: beautiful. And she says, Oh, what would you know? And she starts to punch the mirror. and, and she's punching the mirror, and in the mirror, the reflection of her, uh, you see bruises start to appear on her face, and you see how the clothes start to rip. and then she punches the mirror one last time and it shatters. And she reaches down and she grabs a piece of glass and it's long and she turns around and she says, I'll fix it, I'll fix it all' And so she, she cuts across the middle of her dress and cuts the dress cuts it open and she starts to cut at, at her the sides of her stomach and she starts to she moves the knife or not the knife she moves the piece of glass over and starts to cut at the other side and she starts just cutting all over her body.
1: Oh I'm lost in this thing right now. <laughs> um now. Um mm, mm. What can I do in this scenario? Because she's not hurting me. Um. You
0: can. You can try to. I mean, any anybody can. Can I mean the other two sisters? You can
2: definitely. I
1: mean,
2: offer I up guidance, or, you could. Could, like, could you cry out for help? Like, because you want to help this person, you want to stop her from doing what she's doing. Or would you want to escape that situation?
1: No, I definitely want to help her in some way. Um, yeah, I would either so like I think I would either try to get the piece of glass from her or and cry out for help at the same time.
0: Okay, so we're going to go with... So as you walk up to her, she's she's saying, oh, these cheeks, and she's cutting off just slivers of her cheek, and it's just it's dropping to the ground and, spl- and splatting, and blood is starting to oh, run, run, down, run down her legs, and she, she looks at her legs, she goes, oh, these are hideous, too, and she moves on to her legs with the glass. And you grab her hand, uh, and you pull the hand away, and you start... You said you want to cry out for help, right?
2: Mhm.
0: Okay, so yeah. make make a roll. Roll your two dice uh, and add your resilience. Okay. Nine. Nine. Okay. So, uh, the way this works, uh, seven to nine, you they you succeed. Someone comes, but first they're going to need proof of your loyalty. So, after a moment, this um this shorter woman, uh, wearing she's wearing a maid outfit, comes running in. She's like she's like yes madam madam uh and she sees she says oh my dear uh and she says she said what is going on
1: i don't know this woman was in this room and now she won't stop cutting herself and i woman, need help
0: she's, she's definitely trying to shake loose of you and she says it just needs to be fixed it all needs to be fixed so he's happy mm-hmm. and the the maid she she looks and she says she says oh yes i'll help you she says but uh she says but she's trying to better herself for for Bluebeard. Uh, she says don't don't you want the loyalty uh, of of your husband? I mean she's no. she, says, she says wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> she's like wouldn't you want to be better yourself for your husband? She says that's all she's doing.
1: Yes I, I will better myself for my husband as long as I involve cutting up myself and hurting myself for him.
0: And so she looks at you a minute and and she you see she kind of works over your answer and she's like, OK, she says, as long as long as, as your husband's happiness is first in your mind. And she walks over and she she helps you wrestle this woman, uh, wrestle the glass out of her hand. And the woman starts screaming and screaming. And she's like, no, it's got to be fixed. It's got to be fixed. And but, the, but between the two of you, you definitely can hold her back uh, and keep her from
1: getting any more glass. Give
0: up the ring. <laughs> uh, yes, you can pass the ring. Um, but you just who do you want to pass it to? Animus. Oh fuck it. She's
1: stronger than in this situation.
2: Ah. Yeah. All right. So she's still cutting herself up. No, you you between
0: you and the maid, you've you've definitely got her hands. Uh, you've she's dropped the glass, but she you're definitely holding her hands. Uh to her side or something and, and
2: you're keeping her from grabbing it. Okay. Well, she's becoming a danger to all of us. Yeah. She's definitely fighting and gnashing
0: out with her teeth, trying to just get loose so she can get this piece of glass again and, and better herself for her husband.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have to put the dog down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Cause I'm, I'm going to be the logical one here that, uh, has to do the dirty stuff when no one else wants to, so I think we need to, she's become a danger to uh, my, to us and the maid. So we okay. need to t- tie her up at least.
0: Okay, so yeah, uh, is that, you're going to dirty yourself with violence, sounds like. <laughs> sure. Roll two dice and add your uh, carnality with it, and tell
2: me what you get. Okay, so alright, I'm going to roll. I got 12. So, 13.
0: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you, you, how do you tie her up with? What do you grab? You're in a dress, you are in a dressing room, so what do you grab to tie her up?
2: I'm going to grab a scarf.
0: Okay.
2: And I'm going to tie, tie her up. All right, so, um, uh, do you just, like, tie her hands together, or? Tie her hands behind her back so that she can no longer attack us. Okay. Or um, herself. Talk some sense into this woman. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you what do you say to her? Well, I'd start by she's trying to better herself for her husband. So I would start by telling her that she shouldn't need to better herself for her husband. Um, what kind of husband would want you to do this to yourself? She says it's just
0: he he's given me everything. So I need I need to make sure that that he is happy with who I am or he'll take it away from me.
2: Well, it's better. I would tell her that it'd be better to have nothing than someone who'd want to, you to hurt, to your, harm yourself. She says that is easy
0: for you to say. You don't know where I've come from. You don't. You don't know what, what what I suffered before now. And he's not happy. And I just I need him to be happy.
2: Well, I just have to reiterate that you can If you if you harm yourself, you're going to do nothing but harm your relationship with your husband. So you need you need to stop this, or we need to get you out of here.
0: It sounds kind of like you're trying to ca- caress a whore to uh,
2: help, yeah, or
0: yeah, or care or care for someone. One of the two.
2: Yeah, that is what I'm trying to do.
0: Okay, so do, all right. So do you want to do the care for someone? I think that sounds more like
2: what you're. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll go with that okay. one.
0: So you're caring for them, and as you talk to her, you see, um, you see her, start to come around on it. Uh, she she kind of looks down at herself, and she she's just in horror at what she's done to herself and she's like she's like what you say makes sense but i just i don't how do i know that it'll be good for him how can you how can you assure me that 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 i don't i don't need to fix myself that that my husband will be happy and will not will not leave me and send me back to that life that i had before
2: I would tell her that she's beautiful no matter what they say. And words can't bring her down. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there's that I can't guarantee anything, but I can guarantee that if uh, her newlywed husband were to react to this in a bad way, that she needs to escape or her life is going to be worse than it was before being imprisoned by this man. Okay,
0: so, yeah, she she listens and she kind of takes a deep breath and uh, you just kind of see in her face that she she's kind of resigned to to what you to what you've said. And she she stops trying to free herself um, from from the bonds and she relaxes a little bit.
2: So where can I go from here then?
0: Um, At this point, you can you can either you can escape if you feel like you need to or you can propose a truth about the room.
2: Uh, I think I'd like to propose a truth. Okay. Not ready to leave this this one okay. yet.
0: Yeah, go for it. You can just say say what you think happened here and and take a token of either faithfulness or disloyalty. And that basically means do you think whatever happened in this room was because
2: of Bluebeard had uh, I believe he's proven to be disloyal here.
0: Well, it's, it's your loyalty to your husband. Are you saying that this was not Bluebeard's fault, or are you saying, like, faithfulness would be saying this was the actions of this brat on her own, that Bluebeard had nothing to do with it? Or you're saying he either did this physically to her or pushed her to it?
2: I think she's a little mentally unstable, actually, so I'm going to take a token of faithfulness. Okay. Yeah, I think so what- this one this one wasn't his fault, is what my uh, instincts are telling me.
3: Yeah, it's never the man's
1: fault. Never. Yeah, what
2: the hell is? <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. I think he's got a bad rap. All right, so what token do you
0: take? Uh, do you take? What physical token do you take from this
2: room as as you go to make an exit? So it's a dressing room. I just have yes. to take something. Yeah. Um. I think I'm gonna take a really cool hat. <laughs> does, okay. that, does that work? Is that what uh, I, am I doing with right?
0: I mean that's yeah you can um did did somebody what I heard somebody say something
2: did Courtney say something
1: I said you should take a piece of that woman's dress
2: oh that's a good idea actually yeah I will I'm gonna do that instead my instincts were telling me to go for the long hat um but I'll go with a piece of her dress
0: okay so yeah you grab one of the this a sliver of this this dress that she cut from herself before she started cutting cutting her skin uh and as you pick it up you see that. Uh, you see this form of this woman kind of she's walk kind of walks backwards slowly in between the clothes and just disappears. But the blood and the shredded dress and everything are still there. And the maid is she's having I mean she's breathing heavily. Uh, she's got blood on her hands and she's just maybe on the verge of freaking out. Okay. But you but you can definitely make your way out of the room now.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna get out of this place.
0: Okay. So you're going to take take the maid with you as well, you know, bring her along. Yeah, I guess
2: so. Okay. I could so always up, use a servant.
0: So you move out into the hallway with her, um, and and she she says what she says what 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 was that all about, madam? What, I don't I don't understand I
2: don't understand what what was happening in there. I don't understand either, but uh, I feel like there's something really sinister going on here, and I need to find the truth. So I'm going to go into another room.
0: And that wraps up part one of our Bluebeard's Pride actual play. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, Mitch, Courtney, and Lana all did fantastic jobs. Come back next week where we'll wrap it up and see just what happens to our bride. So settle in for a minute if you want. I'm going to talk a little bit about this game because... Honestly, I feel like I didn't GM it very well. I came into this game very prepared. I'd read the rulebook multiple times over and over. I understood how the game worked. But when I hit that Skype session and connected, my nerves took over completely. And I forgot so much. And At this point, I only had the PDF, so I just printed out pages and my... PlayStation wasn't really the best. My pages weren't in order, so when I need to look up something, there was a lot of searching through papers, and I didn't want to draw out a process uh, for my players who were all brand new to RPGs, as you've heard. I didn't want to take time. You're like, oh, let me look up that role. Let me look up for that roll. i shuffle through these papers. So, yeah. Uh, nerves. Totally got the best of me in this one, and I hate that because I think we struck a good tone especially the players. I think we struck a good tone of the game, but I don't think that the rules are represented that well here. Don't use this as a tool to learn the rules of Bluebeard's Bride, because there were things such as trauma that I, I just, I missed, I forgot my nerves got me and I forgot Um, I didn't do it right. And I think that's, I mean, obviously that's a really important aspect of the game. It's built into the game and that's how sisterly bonds can shatter which can lead to a whole different scenario at the end of the game. Well, kind of different, not whole different. Another thing that I feel that I wasn't satisfied with myself was was I feel like I made the house the house servants, particularly the maid in this instance, too sympathetic to the bride. Um, I think I should have made the maid a little more ante- antagonistic to the bride, a little more loyal to Bluebeard. And again, it's just, I got rattled at the beginning of this game, and I just, I couldn't, I never recovered. And another thing I did, that I think I should have done, um, I couldn't connect video on this for multiple reasons. And I think Bluebeard's Bride is a game that you need to see your players as a GM. I think, I mean, there's straight up mechanics like Shiver and Fear, which... If you see someone at the table shivering, the person holding the ring shivering, or having a reaction to something, you play off of that. It is a move that the GM can make. And not being able to see that, kind of, I mean, not being able to see my players definitely hampered that. So, going forward, I'm either going to play this live, or definitely make sure I prepare beforehand to have video uh, on online games. Because I think I definitely need to see player reactions. So, I posted this. So, obviously, I don't think it's too, I don't think it's a big waste. I think there is a lot of good, especially from the players who are all, like I've said a hundred times, brand new to role playing games, never did anything before. And I think they pulled out a terrific performance from them. All of them Mitch, Courtney, Lana, all of them did so great. Um, I don't think that my GMing was terrible. I think that I definitely have ways to improve in games like this. I don't really know what all the point of this is. I just, I, I needed to, to decompress, I guess, on this. I needed to just get my feelings out about it because ever since I recorded this game and been thinking about it, all I can think about is how I wasn't happy with my GMing on it. I'm definitely going to use this as a learning experience. I've reread the rule book a couple times already. I'm going to do some more. And then I'm going to run it again in the future. And get, hopefully, a better experience from myself. And so that's just a few brief thoughts on this game and how I think it went and how I think that my GMing could have been better and how I need to prepare a little bit better in the future. I'm own worst critic. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal about it. But I've been thinking about this game ever since I ran it. So I needed to just get those feelings out and talk about them. But... Next week, you will have the wrap-up to this game. Uh, We have a lot of exciting stuff planned for the future. Some really cool games that I'm scheduling out that I'm super, super excited for. I have a crossover episode with another podcast uh, hopefully coming up soon. We're working on planning it now. Uh, But, yeah, with that, just get out there, have fun, and roll to play. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Row2PlayPodcast.com for more information. ROLL2PlayPodcast.com. Like us over on Facebook at Row2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Row2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at Row2PlayPodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachyon. Visit soundcloud.com slash